Hello and welcome to A History of Computing. I'm Alex, a second year commerce computer science student, and joining me today is my co-host, Keith. Hello, I'm Keith, and I'm a first year studying computer science. Throughout this series, we'll explore the pioneers of computing and their contributions to the technological advancements we enjoy today. In today's episode, The Mechanical Marvels of Babbage and Lovelace, we explore how our heroes, Charles Babbage and Ada Lovelace, designed the world's first programmable computer. If I were to ask you when you think people started looking into computing, what period would you think it'd be? Well, prior to this podcast, I would have said somewhere in the 60s, I reckon. Yeah, and like, many people would think the same, but in reality, a hundred years before that, there were two pioneers who designed a programmable computer that worked in concept like modern computers we use today. Their names were Charles Babbage and Ada Lovelace. So Keith, tell us about Ada's peculiar upbringing. For those who don't know, Ada is considered today as the world's first computer programmer. But to understand how she got there, we must delve into her upbringing. Ada was born in 1815 as the daughter of the famed and controversial romantic poet Lord Byron. Ada's father was very promiscuous, which led to many marital problems between her parents. Five weeks after Ada's birth, her parents divorced. Ada would never see her father again. Ada's mother feared that Ada would inherit her father's devilish antics. To prevent this, her mother barred her from studying anything related to emotions, especially poetry. Subsequently, Ada was forced to pursue logical fields of study, such as math and science. Not that she wasn't interested in them, though. So that's Ada's upbringing in a nutshell. Alex, what did Charles Babbage do, and what was he like? Today, Babbage is called the father of computers, but in his time, he was a well-known polymath, inventor, and a stuck-up bloke. He was born into a decently wealthy, respectable family, and later attended Cambridge, There, he became friends with John Herschel, son of famed astronomer William Herschel. And boy did he love to trash talk others. People he considered idiots, or those who didn't see eye to eye with him, would often be the victims of his fiery, impassioned scorn. He didn't really sit well with others disagreeing with him, and he had a rather disagreeable personality. Later in life, he became the Lucasian Professor of Mathematics at Cambridge, a seat held by the likes of Isaac Newton and Stephen Hawking. So we can tell that he was quite a prominent figure and rather good at his profession. Now that we've known a little about Babbage's occupation, upbringing and personality, we'll dive into his first computing engine, the Difference Engine. The first engine Babbage designed was the Difference Engine. Let's explore the road he took to get there. You see, Babbage supervised the production of mathematical tables. Wait, what are mathematical tables? So mathematical tables are tables of values corresponding to results of a function given varying parameters. Common tables include logarithmic and trigonometric tables. Uh, How are they used? Well, nowadays, all you need is a calculator and you type in log 2.3 and it'll give you the answer. But back then, and up until the 1970s, People had these books, and in the books were these tables, and you had to look up, like, log 2, and then go a few columns to the right to the 0.3 decimal place column, and you'd find the value corresponding to log 2.3. It was quite tedious work. Before any uh, mechanization of producing these tables, they were done by hand, and the people who did these calculations were called computers, 
one who computes. Errors that arose during these calculation and typesettings would cause substantial errors in the printing. Babbage saw that this was a very prevalent issue and he wanted to eliminate the costly human element of calculating these tables. So in 1820, Babbage was a founding member of the Royal Astronomical Society, whose purpose was to standardise astronomical calculations. The Astronomical Society wished to improve the nautical almanac, and in the following two years, Babbage and his friend John Herschel were assigned to recalculate parts of the tables. They found many discrepancies caused by human error in calculation and typesetting, which translated onto the mass-printed nautical almanac. The errors were so numerous that Babbage exclaimed, I wish to God that these calculations had been executed by steam. This was the pivotal moment where Babbage began to develop his ideas on mechanical computation. Well, uh, what did Babbage do next? Well, Babbage devised an ingenious mechanical device that calculated these mathematical tables using the method of finite differences. Now, what is the method of finite differences? It's, uh, it's sort of this mathematical method where you can calculate the value of any nth order polynomial using only addition. You start off with a few cases and you find the differences between those values until the differences become constant. And there you can work backwards and find the value of any polynomial just by adding. So because it was using the method of differences, we call this machine the difference engine. Babbage implemented this method of finite differences into his design, but why did he use this method? Being able to find the value of any polynomial was a very powerful tool, but using the Taylor and Maclaurin series, many non-polynomial functions such as trigonometric and logarithmic functions can be approximated. Through this approach, we see Babbage's genius of taking the problem of errors in the calculation of tables and synthesizing it into a mechanical computational process. Let's delve into the construction of the difference engine and the obstacles that Babbage faced. Babbage had finished constructing a smaller difference engine by 1822. In those days, projects that required significant sums of money could only be funded by the British government. Babbage advertised this machine and drew the interest of the British government who wanted the economical advantages of a machine capable of computing astronomical tables. In the following year, 1823, the government granted Babbage £1,700 to begin work on the engine. However, during this era, metalworking could not cater to the precise nature of engineering needed for the difference engine, and the quantity of parts needed for Babbage's engine and standards for parts and materials did not exist. Thus, the project was far more expensive than initially imagined. Babbage had enlisted a skilled engineer called Joseph Clement to aid in the construction of the difference engine, and by 1832, they had constructed a small portion of the engine, about one-seventh of the calculating mechanism. Babbage and Clement's relationship began to deteriorate sometime during 1832 after a dispute about Clement's workshop being too far away from Babbage's estate. So Babbage asked him to move to a fireproof area near his home, and Clement asked for a £600 per year compensation for additional costs. This outrageous sum of money amounts to over £68,000 today. 
In March of 1833, Clement asked for an advance, but Babbage refused to pay him another shilling unless he moved to the new site and continued work from there. Clement didn't want to work, and a heated argument ensued. Clement threatened to quit and dismiss all the workmen if he was not paid, and two weeks later, he went through with it. So the engine never made any progress beyond that. Some people say that Clement knew exactly what his skills were worth and tended to overcharge his clients. Others speculate that Clement exploited Babbage to expand his own trade. So what was Ada up to during this time? Well, Ada, who was 17 at the time, met Babbage at a coming-of-age ball for young women. Babbage invited Ada to a soiree where he showcased his invention. Also attending the party was celebrated mathematician Augustus de Morgan, who likened the expressions of the other guests as savages seeing a gun, but writes, Miss Byron, young as she was, understood its working and saw the great beauty of the invention. Ada demonstrated her extraordinary aptitude in understanding the complex working behind this machine. Babbage and Ada soon grew to become firm, lifelong friends. The former became her mentor, and the two would frequently write to each other. Did Ada pursue her newfound captivation with this engine? Well, Ada's mathematical prowess had already begun to blossom. It was, however, a time where mathematics and science were fields dominated by men and patriarchal views. The popular opinion during that time was reflected in the words of celebrated mathematician Augustus de Morgan, who said, The very great tension of mind which mathematics requires is beyond the strength of a woman's physical power of application, thus reinforcing the prejudice that men were better than women at maths. Ada continued to pursue mathematics and took on many private tutors. Her inquisitive nature and ability to see the patterns among different formulas began to break the stigma against women pursuing maths and science. In fact, Ada grew to become so talented that de Morgan offered his tutelage to Ada in the 1840s. De Morgan tutored Ada on advanced calculus and introduced her to the Bernoulli numbers, which will play a part in the coming years of her life. So Alex, what was Babbage up to during this time? With Clement out of the picture and progress on the different tension perpetually on halt, Babbage then shifted his focus onto another machine, which undermined the government's belief that Babbage would complete his different engine. Recall that the different engine was still, in essence, a single-purpose computer, right? It could handle about 20 digits and could calculate up to 6th-order polynomials, but that's all it could do. Babbage realised that he could generalise his calculation depending on what formula or function was given. Design on this new engine, the analytical engine, began sometime in 1833. The engine was intended to operate on 40-digit numbers and capable of storing 1,000 numbers. This meant that an area for storage was needed. Babbage's drawings designated a long corridor of gears and cylinders for the store. Store was the old British term for memory. Alongside the store was the mill, the processing unit that did the calculations and temporarily housed values. Today, this would be known as the Central Processing Unit, or CPU. All in all, the entire engine would measure 7 meters long and 3 meters tall. Now that's a fine reason as to why it was never built. The mill could perform your standard four arithmetic operations, but also find square roots and compare values. So like modern computers, Babbage's analytical engine could be programmed. 
You could give it a set of instructions and it would carry it out. It's wonderful stuff. And what form did these instructions take? Punch cards. Large, thick paper cards with holes punched into them. Now, the punch cards were actually a concept used by the Jacquard Loom. The loom had been invented in 1804 and was essentially a weaving machine that could weave specified patterns depending on what punch card was inserted. Different punch cards had different hole configurations that corresponded to intricate patterns. Babbage used this technology of his time in the analytical engine as instructions. He designed three reading mechanisms for three types of punch cards, one for arithmetic operations, one for numerical constants or number cards, and one for load and store operations known as variable cards. If you're familiar with assembly, Babbage's instructions worked in a similar way to assembly languages today. Well, how are programs created then? A computer program is, you know, just a set of instructions. So Babbage would just stitch together the punch cards of the same type to form a program and feed the programs into each reader. The instruction set that Babbage implemented can actually be considered Turing complete. Now, Turing completeness will be a concept that we'll cover in a later episode, but briefly it meant that Babbage's instruction set could solve any computational problem it's given, at least theoretically it can. This was a pivotal moment in humanity's history. Babbage's design could have brought the computer revolution a whole century earlier, but alas, that vision was never realised and Babbage's analytical engine faded into obscurity. If the opportunity does present itself, please check out Sidney Padua's graphic novel, The Thrilling Adventures of Lovelace and Babbage. It recounts the journey towards the first computer that our heroes took. There's a great illustration done by Padua that conveys what the analytical engine looked like, and it's worth a quick Google search. In 1842, the British government had gotten pretty fed up with Babbage's lack of results for its difference engine, and had cut funding entirely. By then, £17,000 had been spent, approximately £2 million in today's money. Factors such as constantly changing governments, Joseph Clement, a lack of standardization and precision engineering, contributed to the high costs and lack of any results. Now back to Keith. Would you like to enlighten us on why Ada is considered the first programmer? From 1842 to 1843, Ada was commissioned to translate a French article on a lecture Babbage gave about his analytical engine. She did so, but also extended it with her own notes and understanding of the analytical engine, furnishing it with explanations and tables. The resulting translation turned out to be three times longer than the original transcript. The most famous part of Ada's translation was her algorithm for the analytical engine to obtain the sequence of Bernoulli numbers. Within this algorithm was a looping mechanism, which we use a lot to this day. The algorithm was written to demonstrate the complicated tasks that the analytical engine could carry out. And just like that, she had written the first computer algorithm, hence why she is dubbed the first programmer. We can say that most of Babbage's innovative designs have never reached fruition. But there is some good news. Between 1846 and 1849, Babbage used his ideas formed from the analytical engine to improve on his difference engine. 
The new difference engine, number 2, could operate on 31-digit numbers and 7th-order polynomials. Although this machine was never built in Babbage's lifetime, from 1985 to 1991, under the direction of Doran Swade, the Science Museum curator, a working difference engine number 2 was constructed to celebrate Babbage's 200th birthday. It works flawlessly and it is a marvel to watch. It's a hand-cranked machine and with each rotation you can hear a satisfying series of clicks. From the back, cylinders with small hooks form a single helix spiral. I think it's a really beautiful machine and I urge you to watch a demonstration of the engine which can be easily found on YouTube. On 18 October 1871, at the age of 79, Charles Babbage passed away from kidney failure. Today he is widely considered the father of computing, but remains a misunderstood figure whose potential was never realised. There is a crater on the moon named after him. Babbage frequently appears in steampunk works that feature an alternate timeline. Although not many paid heed to Babbage's designs and computer engines, his contributions paved the way for precision engineering and the standardization of parts and materials. In other words, Babbage's legacy set in motion the changes to the problems that plagued his engines, ensuring that future generations could accomplish what he could not. Unfortunately, Ada died relatively young in 1852 at age 36 from cervical cancer. Today, Ada is an inspirational figure empowering women in the industry of computing and STEM areas that have been dominated by sexist, patriarchal attitudes for the past 250 years. Her fight to overcome gender prejudice in education has inspired countless women to do the same. Despite not being able to achieve her full potential, her legacy lives on as an eternal flame, forever inspiring women across the globe to pursue their passions. Charles Babbage and Ada Lovelace were pioneers in the field of computing, but unfortunately their ideas and grand schemes did not reach fruition. Instead, their legacy inspired the masses to follow in their footsteps and change the world. I think there is a lot of intrigue around them, especially in popular culture. They remain as a constant reminder of what slipped through our fingers, of what humanity could have become. That concludes the first of our History of Computing series. I hope everyone is enthralled as much as we are, and stay tuned for more episodes. If there are any suggestions for future topics, please feel free to get in touch using the email on the CCSOC media page. Thank you for listening.